twitch.tv slash hfamilygaming. It's board game week. I've got some role-playing game source books to talk about, including one that I have never spoken about before. And both Linda and Amanda have board games to talk about. And then, yes. all said and done... Uh, we are going to Linda's Linda's window keeps changing shape on me and it's freaking me out. So I didn't do it. I'm not touching anything. You, I promise you, you didn't. <laughs> it's just the power of the internet. Um, okay. Uh, and so we're also going to talk about board games for kids that are eight and up. Specifically, Linda had a whole methodology when she created this list. Specifically, games that were accessible to that that. Well, you know what? I'm not even going to try and explain it. Linda's smart. She's smarter than me for certain. For certain. And she is going to Linda's smarter it. than all of us. She is. No, she it's is. just an illusion. I'm good at the the smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. Goodness gracious, her freaking window keeps changing size. If I was a, like a producer full time, um, I would be having a headache. But thankfully, what would a Twitch stream be without technical difficulties? Uh, I learned that from Ready Player Mama because... Ah, uh, yeah. Because I always have technical difficulties. Yeah, because <laughs> it's it's such a, a nightmare sometimes, but we're here. Okay, so... It's episode 257, by the way. So, yeah, episode one on the on the, the uh, Twitch. Episode 257 of our podcast, everybody that's watching here for the first time. We have been... We've been doing this for a hot minute... And like I said, board game week. So the first thing we do is we go around the horn. Linda, why don't you start us off? Because this is your maiden voyage into Twitch. So why don't you really get it over with? Tell us. But she looks so cute. You look so cute. (laughs) So um, like, what's not to love? Aw, thank you. Well, I figure I've had lots. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You guys are. You guys are talking. No, I was going to say, it's like the closest I've gotten to doing Twitch before is a bazillion Google meets for work. So, you know, I've got some some background with this, but it's a whole new world. It and is. It really is. Some obnoxious guy talking over you. I promise I will not ever come up with an idea that you had and say it was mine. I will never do that. Um, <laughs> I might say it was Amanda's because I forgot. Um, but that's just that's just because I'm brain dead. No big deal. So we're on the same team. It's all yeah, good. It's all we're all here together. All good. So Linda, you wanted to talk about a game called Baby Dragon Bedtime. I do. It is. It. I have to say, this game was way more than I, what I was expecting. So this is a game that I did get as a review copy from Tin Star Games, and it's just a deck of cards. There's. 72 cards in the deck and the idea is where you know dragons have their little ones and where do dragons sleep well of course on hordes of treasure so the idea is it is a simultaneous deck builder where you are trying to collect a horde for your drag baby dragon to go to sleep and it's it's a cute theme the artwork is adorable and you start off being a deck builder, you only start off with five cards and the cards allow you to take a peek at a card, to flip a card over or to grab a card. And so you only have three things you can do at the beginning. And what's really neat is all the deck, the whole deck of cards aside from those couple starter cards each player gets, 
the whole deck is face down on the table in front of everyone. So once the gameplay begins, you are now taking your five little cards that are in your hand. You're just your only your five cards and you're now flipping cards down to play them. And mm-hmm. so whatever comes up is what you play. So if I put down a peek, I can reach out and peek at one card in, that's on the table in front of me upside down. Oh. If I put down a grab, then I can grab a card from the table. If I flip, get play a flip, then I just flip over one, but it's got to stay on the table. And so I'm adding things to my deck as I go. Nice. But as it's so cool. And so the cards you might find, there are a few other action cards. Um, and they're so cute. It's all the, the theme, flap, roar, swoop, crash, and there's a mama card. <laughs> yeah. It's what you're so saying is, is that I need to get this game. It's so sweet. It's such a great little game. The only downside is shipping might be a little pricey. It uh, The publisher is out of Australia. So hopefully Ooh. if you find a distributor close, yeah, that's the only mm. challenge is that shipping might be a little challenging. But this is one, if they can get it distributed on, you know, in North America, that's going to make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is one, if you see a chance to, to snatch it up, it's adorable. Um, and it's so cute because players choose when to end the game. It's either when all the cards are turned face up or you can decide your baby oh. dragon goes to sleep and you cover your cards. And then you're you're done. Your your turn. Your game is over, and you're trying to reveal gold cards. There's hoard cards, and you're just trying to get um, the most points. Um, but you have to be careful. You might get a dust bunny or a piece of sticky gum, and get oh. negative points. It's so adorable. So I played it with my boys, and you know, this is for ages six and up. So I'm like, oh, we'll play it. We'll test it out. You know, like this is a little young for them. Mm-hmm. We had to play like three times in a row. They had a blast oh, with it. Yeah, very, I was very sticky gameplay loop. So yeah, and it because it took very little time to play, almost no time to set up. So it was one of those they wanted to play again um, right away, which I was not expecting. But it just kind of caught us. Um, I mean, we all love dragon theme things, but it was so fast to learn. Yeah, and it's th- this is a perfect either for the younger kids, or even just a quick filler game. This would fit that perfect because it's night. You don't have to think too much. It's just kind of fun and quick. A and- cleanser. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. No, Before you play D&D. Super- exactly. Yeah. Like kind of get your brain into dragon mode and then. Dungeon <laughs> mode. I oh, there we go. happened there. <laughs> Good thing so, the next yeah. thing that we're going to be talking about is going to be Dungeons and Dragons, though. Am I right? Am I maybe. right? Um, maybe because I think we're going to talk about your game first, but we're going to talk oh. about Dungeons and Dragons soon. Oh, did I ruin your segue? Do you want me to just oh, accept man. the segue? I think you <laughs> should accept the segue. All right, well I'll do I that. I threw it to you. I threw it to you. I just rejected. <laughs> I said, the segue. "Here's your segue." I'm right, so good at segues now because of virtual economy. Yeah, well, I mean, you are. You guys are talented. So, Baby Dragon Bedtime is from Tin Star Games and it is let's see here we're going to we're going to it is 25 bucks plus postage which is that's the challenge plus um, big old shipping well it's 25 Australian so it's about 20 bucks US um and I I would have to actually buy it for it to tell me the uh the the shipping but we're shipping from Australia so we will uh, accept the downside on that so as Amanda alluded to I am the role playing game guy amongst the three of us that is my uh that is the niche that I have carved and I want to talk about the new Dungeons and Dragons book that came out this past week and that is the Candlekeep Mysteries 
Don't worry, I'll have the set behind me set up within the next week or so, so we don't have to worry about fighting with the thing, thinking it's my wall popping up in front of me. So Candlekeep Mysteries is a new Dungeons & Dragons source book that handles things a little differently than other um, written adventures. And there's a few things. We've talked about this before. However, the thing I really like about it is that this was written by a number of different contributors in that this is a very small section in the front about a place called Candlekeep, which is just a really fancy... <laughs> excuse me. Um, it's just like a really fancy library, which is the setting. All of these games take place at Candlekeep, but they're not connected. Mm-hmm. There are 16 adventures. No, 17. I'm sorry. 17 adventures. They all take place. They start in Candlekeep, which is a giant library. You know what I kind of imagine it? Have either of you guys read The Name of the Wind? Uh... I'm in the middle of the name of the wind, so yes and no. So, you know, like the crazy libraries that he goes into, now admittedly not family-friendly, mm-hmm. um, you know, books, but there's a library he goes no. into that's like like just this labyrinthine library full of ancient tomes and everything you can imagine. That's kind of like what this place is. And all of the adventures in this book are themed around either finding the finding a book in the library and it taking you on a wild quest or being sent on a quest to go get a book for the library. So there's one at and they're all at various levels. And so they can't really be combined into one campaign easily. Mm-hmm. It would take some work from a skilled dungeon master. However, all of these can be run as side of the road one shots. Cuz the reality Love is it. it's like you don't have to find a fancy book in a fancy library. It could be in a bedside table at an inn, right? You know, it could be on a monster. You know, it's like you're fighting goblins and all because like, sometimes because sometimes goblins just need to have bedtime stories. Exactly. And sometimes those bedtime stories are really scary tomes of magic. Exactly. We don't know. One of the things I really you don't like, know their lives. I don't, and I'm not here to judge either. One of the adventures is written for adventures of level 16, which is pretty exciting because you don't normally get one shots that high. So that's Candlekeep Mysteries. The other thing that it has is, and I'm looking at the uh, table of contents, is. My understanding is that it has the rule. I I thought I heard that it was going to have the rules for the. Because I haven't read this whole book yet. It's a lot. Is that it was going to have the rules for the wheelchair? Oh. The combat wheelchair. But I haven't Very cool. seen it yet, and I think it's maybe in one of the adventures. Um, but if it's not. Then it's in the next. Then that's in the next book. I don't know. I can't keep up sometimes. Mm. So that's Candlekeep Mysteries. It is. Um, it's a normal Dungeons and Dragons book price. So you know, at a retail store, it's going to be fifty bucks. Amazon, it'll be significantly less. I think this is a very cool book because you know this is way less intimidating for 
uh, new dungeon masters because you know you pull out Curse of Strahd or you pull out you know the Storm King's Thunder and that is going to be a very intimidating book because it is a full quest that you got to keep track of and you got to read the whole thing here uh, the first adventure is maybe like eight or nine pages and you could totally just run that one and and then you could run the others as well um, and it does come with a giant map of Candlekeep, which is yes. pretty, I love the giant maps in the back of this. So Candlekeep Mysteries, it's an anthology. Uh, and they're all mysteries, too, which I do enjoy. All the stories are all about trying to discover the secrets of that book or discover other secrets using that book. Speaking of role-playing game books, I want to talk about another thing that came to my Ooh. house today. And this is not Dungeons & Dragons related, but it is tabletop role-playing game themed. And that is the ultimate micro RPG book. Now, what's a micro RPG you might say? Well, I'll tell you. A micro RPG is essentially a, you know, it's intended to be like one shots or, you know, a few hours, like a, you know, that type of thing. These are a series of adventures that are, or not adventures, they're like entire games that are one page. And thank you for uh, helping with the links, Amanda. So for, oh, no problem. That's so, why I have two monitors. Uh, you're, you're certainly <laughs> helping. Um, so, for example, the first game that is in here is called Absolution in Brass. And it is a steampunk zombie cyborg, cyborg game. Um, and it says it's for uh, three to four players. The playing time is 60 to 90 minutes. And it even tells you what you need. Do you need paper and pens? Do you need dice, etc.? All the pages are perforated, so you can literally tear the page out, make copies of it if you so will, have everybody take pictures on their phone, which is my personal favorite way to do it. Love and it. you can play this game, and it has all the setup, and it has the rules for playing, and how to end the game. There, so that's the first one. I found one in here about being lawn gnomes. Um, there's another I one. I want to play that one. Um, there is another one about uh, being, it's a, your kids on a summer vacation. One person is defending their treehouse and the other people are attacking the treehouse. There is. Oh my. There's another one where you <laughs> are in a, where it's, you work in a supermarket and you are trying to one up your opponents. It's kind of like that guy in Superstore who's like trying to. You know, this is a deep cut. There's a guy in Superstore who's trying to, you know, get one up on the other new guy. And he's just, everything he's uh -oh. doing is just trying to win. Um, so it's that. So this is the ultimate micro RPG book. This game is also on Amazon. This is where I found it, actually, because it was not sent to me. Um, less than $20, 40 games. And they're wow. meant to be kind of single play experiences. And they're meant to be for... A lot of them are meant to be games played by people who don't want to fully invest in playing Dungeons and Dragons, but are interested in that tabletop role-playing experience. Or if you're a Dungeons and Dragons party that just needs a break, this is a quick resource. You just flip through the page, tear it out, and and go to town. Um, for example, the uh, break room game is complexity of two and plays up to eight players. Two out of five. And mm. you just need a D6 and a coin. What? Interesting. And it's a comedy game. It's meant to be funny. And it's GMless, uh, which is even better. I like that. There's a whole bunch of stuff in here. Again, 
That sounds is... a lot like Fiasco. Like Fiasco is such a fun GMless comedy game RPG. It's like it's wonderful. Yeah, this, that's what that kind of feels like, and that's a game that's in here. I actually, I know a guy who. Uh, we used to LARP with, I don't think, Linda, you ever met him, but he did a solo tabletop role-playing game that was a one-pager, and it was, um, you know what, I don't think he did it, but he showed it to me. It's called Plot Armor, and Ooh, interesting. you play through, and you basically are the main character in an anime, and so it presents you with a series of questions <laughs> and you have and you have to go through these different scenarios but what you have to do is kind of write you're like journaling as this character and the thing is that because you have plot armor you can't die Oh, Mega Mom's Very here. Hey, Mega cool. Mom. Welcome to the EFG podcast. This is not the EFG show. I'm so used to seeing her name pop up and assuming it's the EFG <laughs> show. This is not the EFG show. This is the Engaged Family Game podcast. So that's plot. On. So this whole one-page RPG thing is su super interesting for me. So that mm -hmm. is the ultimate... RPG, the ultimate micro RPG handbook. I will be reviewing this for the website over time. I think this might even be like a th thing. Maybe we don't review it. Maybe we just talk about it on social whenever we play the game. I don't know. We're I'm still working, oh, about, working on it. I love that. But I think this is just one of those I want to play things. the Lawn Gnome one. So um, save that one that for like me fun. I will when save I that. come visit after I'm vaccinated. Yeah, this is one of those ones that I suspect will um, sit on a shelf. We're going to talk about it, but I think this will sit on a shelf and get used again when we have more opportunities to play more games. Um, because you have to come up here just like I have to go down there. I can say with certainty, coming up here is great because Linda's husband can barbecue with the best. <laughs> um, it's I, true. I'm pretty sure I've gained 10 pounds just because of his barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> We do our best to at least have good food. Yeah, exactly. So speaking um, of which, you got to put in your order for coming yeah, up. Yeah, I know soon. we got to talk. We got to talk about that. We do have to talk about we that because we got a sprint this weekend. We do. Oh man, but that's gonna be all right. We're gonna make it work. Okay. So uh, I took your segue, Amanda, and I slant. I like to you think did. I slant dunked it. You said I was gonna talk you about. You did. You said I was gonna talk about Dungeons and Dragons. I did, and then I talked about two other. <laughs> role-playing game pieces of content um so i'm gonna segue to you this is this is not a professional segue amanda speaking of things i've never heard of before um you're gonna talk about <laughs> that's not a professional segue i don't do radio you wanted to talk about a game called sky tier is it tier like, like crying tier or tier like layers of a cake no it's tier like crying tier oh okay so sky tier is a MOBA, but it's a board game. And so for Linda, because okay, yes, doesn't please. Play, <laughs> Linda doesn't play MOBAs and probably has no idea what a MOBA is. A MOBA is a multiplayer online battle arena where you have a number of lanes that you have a number of, um, of heroes that are rushing through those lanes and you have minions that you have to, you know, you have to get rid of the minions and level up. And essentially what you need to do is you need to take down the other team's nexus through destroying their towers and destroying their, essentially their home base. Okay. So that's what a MOBA looks like in a video game. So some classic examples of MOBAs would be League of Legends and Dota. So Defense of the Ancients and Dota is number two these days. 
So those are what MOBAs look like. I want to play this now, game real bad. <laughs> I just found totally this on fine. the internet. Yeah, right. it's really it's really an interesting game. I haven't decided if I liked it or not, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get into why. Okay. So Sky Tier takes the mechanics of a MOBA, and so that includes having lanes, that includes dealing with towers, with minions, dealing with the Nexus, and makes it a, a, a board game, which unfortunately introduces a lot of complexity. A MOBA is already a deeply complex mechanical game that is extremely strategic, usually takes anywhere between 45 minutes and an hour to play and score on a video game. Now put that in a board game and we have a crunchy board game to play. So I don't want to get too deep into it because there are so many rules and there are so many different mechanics. What I will say is that the the base game offers up a number of different heroes that are from a number of different factions. These models are beautiful. Like if you go check out Play Sky Tier right now and you look at some of those models that they have on the website, oh my gosh, these models, friends, they're gorgeous. Like even the minions are beautiful. They really, really are. So you have your control points, you have control point one and control point two, and then you have the nexus. So control point one is a lane, control point two is a lane, and then the center of the map is where you get to take control of the game's monster. And that's new and different, kind of, in games like... um, Heroes of the Storm, which is more of a hero brawler than a true MOBA, you can take control of different, you know, giant monsters for a little while. If you score really well as a team and you're working together really well, or you can go take on side missions to go and beat, you know, beat up monsters and stuff like that in order to level up your team and unlock ultimate abilities. So, like I said, The game itself is really, really crunchy, and I have played it twice, and I don't fully understand it yet, so I don't want to give a full review of it until I take more time with it and I am able to fully digest what in the actual heck I played. (laughs) Okay. All I know is that Putting, taking the mechanics of a multiplayer online battle arena and putting it into a board game is a fascinating conceit, but I don't know if I like it. And it's also possibly because I don't really like MOBAs, so I might be the literal worst person to judge this. <laughs> I mean... What it... kinds of questions do you all have? Because I feel like I can answer questions if you have them. So it's two to four players is what it's saying. So it's two, two to, to four. four. Players. I only played it two player. Okay. And then, so you control four heroes, basically? Yeah. That kind of deal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you control four heroes a piece. And when you're playing two player, you know, or if you're playing four player, one player plays with two and the other one plays with yeah. one, yeah. I think. But yeah, that's essentially how that goes is you, you take control of four hero characters if you're playing it one-on-one. Okay. Okay. And... So I see on here... Oh. No, you go ahead, Linda. Go ahead. You sure? Yep. All right. Because I was just... I'm looking at the, the site that you told us to go to, and I'm looking. It says only 30 to 60 minutes. It's not. If it's, I was going to say, if it's that crunchy, there's no way. 30 minutes would be just the setup. 
Well, the setup is really easy, though. Is it actually easy? The setup is actually very, very easy. There isn't too much to do. You just have to place your four characters. That's it. All you got to do to set the game up. Um, Then, you you know, you have the cards that you've already drafted and you've drawn by composing your team. The where Mike and I ran into a number of problems is we chose our heroes, but they didn't have any synergy between the different kinds of spells that they could cast. So, you know, there are heroes that can cast a couple of different colors. So it's kind of like kind of like magic, kind of like Magic the Gathering in that in that (laughs) perspective where you have, you know, playing. one color or playing a multitude of colors is, you know, especially when you're new at magic is kind of a newbie choice. Don't play multitudes <laughs> of colors unless you know what you're doing. So I made that mistake. To know. <laughs> I made that mistake. So oh. we didn't have great synergy and it made playing the game really, really difficult. And it took us a really long time to get anywhere. And we ended up stagnating because one of the objectives that we had, in addition to, you know, taking down the other person's towers was to like push the right lane um, and try to take down the right lane of our, like our opponent's right lane. And we both were doing that and we couldn't budge and we couldn't go anywhere. And it was, we were both, yeah, we were both very stubborn. So obviously, yeah, no one saw that coming. I did not. I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe that at all. Listen, I think someone was going to make a MOBA car, a MOBA board game. Like someone was going to do it. It was just inevitable. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that there have been some other, you know, some other applications. The way you choose your hero, you draft them, right? Like mm-hmm. you just, yeah. all right. So, so you can draft them or you can sit down and be like, okay, well, I want to play this color or yeah. depends on how many people you're playing with. If you're playing with four people, then drafting is necessary. Yeah. That makes sense. So, I yeah, think so we've only played it two cool. players, so I don't know. I think I'd want to play this game with four players, to be honest. I think that would make it go faster, strangely. Because that it strange, would mean but... that you're it would mean that you're hitting harder faster instead of one person having control over all the characters you have like four people having control of of a bunch of the characters so you know it could be cool it could be also completely bananas but i'm very excited to find out and to find out whether or not i actually like this game well i can't wait to find out i can't wait to find out whether you do or not i mean i certainly like some of the characters even on a cliffhanger yeah even on on a cliffhanger We're going to have to find going to have to follow out. up. We are. We are going to have to follow up. Would you all mind if I surprised you with one other game that I played? I would not mind. Ooh. I would I love surprises. That's a lot. So, I am but I but I do I am interested But to you hear do what you roll with the punches. You roll with the punches quite well. Yeah. It's a couple of years podcasting with me where you're just like, who knows what Amanda's going to say? Huh? Um, we ended up playing Marvel Villainous. Oh. when we went away. I don't know if we've talked about Marvel Villainous on the show we before. Not. We've definitely talked about Villainous because I've talked about Villainous. I want to talk about the Marvel flavor. It was so cool. It was so cool. I was playing as Hera. Hela? Hela. 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 Not Hera. I had to think about that one for a second. I was playing as Hela. And... She was so difficult to play as, but she was such a badass 
she had so like her her whole conceit is trying to like mark other heroes and dominate and possess them and it was really really neat she was all about influence and mike ended up playing as ultron and steamrolled me like absolutely steamrolled me the villain like if if you're not familiar with um with villainous with disney's villainous it is essentially a solitary game until you start introducing some fate cards and then you can start like essentially attacking the other player and you know screwing up their turn so that they can't get to their secret not so secret objective and Ultron's secret objective was to build stuff and I was not able to prevent him from building the things so he steamrolled me very quickly because I was too busy trying to beat up characters and make room and try to dominate and it was just everything ended up being very bad but it was so much fun marvel's villainous was an absolute blast so if you enjoy disney's villainous and you're like listen i need i need to stop playing as these fairy tale bad guys ultron someone say is ultron see that's i can totally see that yeah no, that sounds perfect. We haven't gotten villainous yet because my my family's not into the Disney that same way. This, this is gonna yeah, this is coming in. It may have been in my cart yesterday. I think that I'm gonna hit buy. It's time. And then I'm really excited to know what your family thinks of it because like I only yeah. really play villainous with the adults because the little ones are like this is so much. We don't mm-hmm. have the attention span for this. But yeah. Ultron. Yeah. Ultron. It's not the Definitely. first time I've heard that with Villainous. It's just, it's not right for them. This is one of those, no. like, the content and the topic is right there. But oh, yeah, the, absolutely. Um, but, but it's the, for older kids. Yeah, yeah. This is, right. that is not the target audience for that one. Yeah, definitely. Like, we played um, Disney Villainous with my mother in law. And it was awesome. She was so good. She was playing as Ursula. She kicked our butts. But it was it was really, really cool to sit down and like have a completely different perspective on, you know, have have a different twist on the the villainous mechanics, I sure. suppose. But yeah, you should definitely check it out. If you are not a Disney family, which is cool, it's fine. It's good. Yeah. Well, it's not that we're not Disney. We're just not like, I don't know, the the ones that they're based on for the villainous, it's not going to capture them. Like they have, they're, they're the older ones and they, they're, they're not into it. They're just, yeah. they're just not. And that's okay. Because it, old stuff is boring, mom. Well, you know, of course. Of yeah. course. <laughs> Unless you're my kids, apparently, and you just really enjoy old things. So, <laughs> um, right. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, the, it doesn't surprise me actually knowing your kids as I do that they would appreciate the uh, you know kind of the retro stuff. So, so there there you go that you uh, you snuck another game in there talking about Marvel villains. Perfect, <laughs> perfect for us. Uh, looking forward to hearing Linda's impressions when she has it in her home. Yep, and. Thank you for the link. Um, no problem. You can pick that up actually today, um, either on Amazon or you can go mm-hmm. to Target as well because Target carries the entire villainous line. Yep, they do. So, if anyone's for anyone watching right now, villainous is part of a buy three for the price of two deal on Amazon. Yep. So yeah, 
that may be helping. <laughs> I mean, I like it. Hey guys, uh, what do you think about our newest pod- podcast segment that we still have to do, even though we're live on Twitch? <laughs> I'm actually excited. I've been thinking about like different words that might work for different parts of speech. There we go. I am just going to sit here and I am going to marvel. Um, you Get have, it? Because we just gonna, talked about Marvel oh villainous. Uh, you, have <laughs> you have to participate. You well, can't. I'm here. I mean, utilize my brain, but also I defer to the mistress of magnificence, whom I never get to see anymore. So. <laughs> I am perfectly fine to just sit here and cheer okay. Linda on. Oh boy. We're also, um, <laughs> I'm also going to involve the chat as well. So Do everybody, it. everybody watching, this is later. I would like a type of liquid and a part of the body. So if you want to throw those into the chat. As we've talked about before, we're still not sure if we can say what these things are. I haven't checked with our lawyers because that's expensive. However, you'll know what we're doing within seconds of me starting it. So what we're going to do... Oh, we got a uh, Mega Mom already hopping into the chat helping us out. The next one, Mega Mom, is a part of the body. So we'll need that for later on. I was going to give the chat time. So, Linda, I would like a letter of the alphabet, please. Why? <laughs> I'm sure because you get asked that a lot. No, nope. Because it's necromantic. Because letter, the letter Y is 100% necromantic. There's a story behind that. <laughs> that's a story that's from a, That's a long story ago. from a long, long time ago. <laughs> we'll stick that I later. mean, damn. I'm going <laughs> to no, write we'll that tell you. down. Yeah, that's a story for afterwards. And Megamom will remember that. Um, uh, then I need an adjective, Amanda. Of course, you have to give that to me, an adjective, which means I need to describe something in a way. I'm stalling for time because I'm live on the internet and I have to think. (laughs) That story is legend. It's 19 Uh, years old. Go ahead. (laughs) Let's say... Wiry. Wiry, okay. So uh, then I would like a noun. Thread. I'm cheating. I'm just using things I can see from my seat. <laughs> Listen, it works. Uh, I would like. What do you think I'm doing? Uh, she said it. Uh, she said a toe for a part of the body, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I would like a noun, Linda. Another one, because I gave you thread. I you would need like another, another one. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, ribbon. Because you're sitting in your craft room. Because I'm uh, no, I'm sitting in my game room, which also holds all my craft stuff and sewing things, and it's our catch-all room of stuff. Amanda, Amanda, I would I would like a noun from you. Button. Button. <laughs> I would like a verb, please. One of you. Man, Linda's window keeps just has a mind I, of its own. It does. I don't know it's what's going really on. Upset. It's upset. I'm sorry. Flicking around. How about jumping as our verb, <laughs> or I jump like if you need it in the the just yeah, we'll base go with word. Jump. I'm going to go with jump. Uh, Amanda, I'd like a number. 17. For my eldest. And then a place. Wow. I need a place. A place. Uh, The playground. Mars for the place. Oh, Mars. I like that one with the rover. We'll go with Mars from... And it's buttons and toes. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then I would like another part of the body. Elbow. Okay. And a a place plural. <laughs> Grocery stores. <laughs> uh, okay. I was gonna say sand dunes. <laughs> I'm cool. With Ooh, I like stores. that better. Um, no, we're gonna. You can't change it because I wrote in past. Grocery stores win. Um, I would like an adjective. I would like two adjectives, actually. Uh, how about ferocious and conniving? Ooh. Clearly, okay. Mama's been writing a little. And then Clearly. I would like good for an you. Animal. And then we already have the liquid, which was honey. Mm-hmm. I have an animal. Yep. Peacock. A peacock. Ooh. I peacock. like that. Like uh... a Martian peacock. <laughs> I was gonna say wombat, so that's good. <coughs> peacock, like I the like streaming that. service that all the wrestling stuff is on now. No, um, peacock, like the little stuffy that's sitting I over know. there. I, know. I, know. <laughs> I was just, I was just being silly. How crazy is that, by the way? WWE Network is now on the NBC streaming app. Um, how wow. crazy is that? Plural noun, please. Scissors. Okay. Linda's way faster than I am. I'm sorry. I have to think on my feet all day and come up with random stuff. No, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm so glad you do it and so that okay. I don't do it. So, Amanda, you, the last two, Amanda, I would like a noun from you. Linda, mm-hmm. I would like an adjective from you. And then okay. I do my voice acting. Awesome. awesome. I My adjective is bubbly. Okay. And Amanda? Uh, and my noun is key. Key. All right. Let me take a drink, actually. <laughs> Goodness. All right. You got to get prepped. You gotta I do. got to be vocally limber. So as part of our word fill-in puzzle, the first part is I torment my guests uh, and make them come up with words. The other piece is that I read this in my very best voice acting impersonation. This is like my audition for reading ad copy. Let's see what I can do. Uh, The fill-in puzzle theme is Tools of the Table. Now, this is from our Dungeons & Dragons officially licensed word fill-in puzzle book. So this is Dungeons & Dragons themed because it's board game week. So when you first start playing Y and D... You'll need these wiry things to help hit the thread running. The player's tow book, the ribbon master's guide, button manual, and other books also have lots of useful information. Dice. You'll need more dice than you can jump a stick at, but especially (laughs) D20s. Number 17, pencils. Leave your pens in Mars. You won't need them here. Snacks are the elbow of every good game of grocery stores and dragons. Hungry players are ferocious, but a conniving DM can be an absolute peacock. Don't don't forget to drink plenty of honey. And get diabetes. Um, Mats and figurines are useful for visualizing action-packed scissors. With these things and a bubbly attitude, you're ready for the time of your key. 
<laughs> and that, my friend, is our word filling puzzle. These just keep getting better. I do. Uh, I kind of like being able to do this live and involve the chat because that certainly relieves some of the stress off you guys. So to tell the story, because why not take you know a trip down memory lane? This legendary story, 19 years old, about the necromantic letter Y. So everybody that listens to this knows that I LARP, and my character who I've been playing for the entire time, which is not super common, but whatever. He was an illiterate potato farmer when he started adventuring. And the main reason I was illiterate is because in order you had to spend experience points to be able to read and I weren't going to do that. So I was taught to read in game and I was taught to read by an orc (laughs) who was a knight or was going to be a knight. And so he taught me And keeping in mind that I was a simple potato farmer, that the letter Y was necromantic. And I and really it was meant as a joke out of like out of game, but I bought into it. And so not only did I learn to read and write, but I then, within a matter of a few events, became the baronial scribe, which meant I had to. Because of course, that's how. Because of course, I did. (laughs) Of course. And the baron. So as so, I learned how to read and write, and the first job I had was writing proclamations for our baroness. And so, when I wrote stuff, I would refuse to use the letter Y. And so I wrote. Uh, in character on our message boards with no whys and it was this is it was very bad to try and piece it together people eventually learned what i was saying um but then eventually i took over the town newspaper and and so the official newspaper was written by a guy who refused to use the letter y and um that went on for i think i think that bit lasted like a year i think Maybe that two? did, but the joke sustained. Oh, the joke I, will never go away. The, I, the joke sustained. I remember skits with it in for as part of uh, fair, you know, the for tournament, um, the tournaments, and all kinds of nonsense that persevered for quite a while after and, that. You had learned that it was okay to use the letter Y. Yeah, I learned. Also, I became less afraid of things because <laughs> when it's you true, fight dragons, fair. what's what's the what's the problem with the letter with the a letter? So, it was that is why the letter Y we still laugh those of us who've been around for that long whenever the letter Y comes up. So, that was our word fill-in puzzle for the week. Thank you very much for everybody watching and participating. We're going to do that every week. Yeah, exactly. The fact that Y was in so many different things really made it super annoying to write. The good news is this was 20 years ago before autocorrect was ubiquitous. So like if I now it would be impossible, right? Like I would never be able to, you know, it would have been bad. So and Mega Mom is giving some additional background in the chat that there was a, there were there were two orcs that were squires, and one squire was the guy who taught me. The other squire reinforced it, and it kept going. And here my here's my son in here choosing violence, posting Y in the chat. Can we get a Y in the chat? Is that kind of like getting an F in the chat? No. <laughs> Um, it's the it's the equivalent of an F in the chat. Can we get a Y in the chat? Anyway, so that is our word fill-in puzzle. That is our incredibly dorky LARP history for the day. 
That's good. That kind of is like a wow. Look at that. We're getting wise in the chat. We have our own. We just, we made a meme out of wise in the chat. We memed. We didn't just meme. We memed live. I know. We memed live. I guess we're gonna. <laughs> We're gonna make it. T-shirt. Um, I guess we're gonna need to have T-shirts. Um, can we get a Y in the chat? Um, let's see, we'll see if we remember next week. Um, okay. I'll write it down. So that is our man. Next video game week next week is gonna be so busy. Um, guess what? We're not talking about Amanda. We're not talking about that game. We're not doing it. No. no. <laughs> we'll talk about like farming games or something. Something nice and light. I think it's a better idea. Yeah. We, have, yeah. <laughs> we don't. I already talked about. I already talked about that game on Dual Daddies because, hello, call me daddy. Um, um, no. I won't. And it was a lot. Was yeah, a lot. we're good. Um, so let's get right to it and talk about our actual topic because we are cruising through uh, our chosen topic. So, Linda, you are probably the most prolific content creator as part of the Engage Family Gaming team. Um, I do our video, I do our podcasting stuff, so I'm like our host, but like, when it comes down to the written word, you are the prolific one. And so one of the things that you do is you create and maintain lists of board games that are suggestions for games. And so we're going to start kind of threading, going through those, you know, in the podcast, if for nothing else, just to kind of surface those articles, but also to give us an opportunity to kind of talk through editing them in case there's stuff we want to add. So the one we chose for today is board game recommendations for ages eight and up. And now eight and up is not usually where they divide games. Normally it's 10 and up or 13 and up if they're trying to not have to get it licensed as a toy. Mm -hmm. Why did you, you chose this. This was 100% you. I did. Because you're the child (laughs) development expert uh, between the three of us. Why did you choose eight and up? Well, the reason I started with eight is I was intending to do and then a 10 and a 12, um, which may yet still come, but eight is really a turning point because this is where more gamery games come into play, literally. You have more games coming in that are now, there's there are ones that you might get have people that don't have children talking about. These now have more uh, elements to them, more components, more rules, maybe a couple different play styles. It might be a cooperative, but maybe there's hand management, maybe there's you know other components and other ways of playing so it really you know looking across games and looking at the age recommendations this is seems to be kind of the next step and what changes at age eight is reading proficiency yep up until age eight children are learning to read and around and of course it depends kid to kid you know we have some five-year-olds that are proficient readers but that's the exception if you look at the average reader what is expected in on the average for children an average eight-year-old is now becoming more proficient they can read to learn not learn to read that's sort of the education kind of way we look at it and so in games now you can have cards with more text you can have rules that become more complicated they can just handle more around age eight you're hitting usually around third grade and a lot of things shift for kids at that age. You're not in the primary grades the same way. You're really moving into intermediate. So mm-hmm. it's just a big shift, you know, in their cognitive development and in their, you know, just kind of who they are as a player. Okay. So it's really a great 
a great turning point. So that's where the focus came in. Um, you don't see quite the same shift if you look at games 10 and up and 12 and up. Obviously, then 13 becomes a little interesting because some of those games are then because is are they trying not to be a toy and yeah. some of those games can scale down so then you kind of get into this whole other ball of wax yeah amanda right? that's the you and i have dealt with this before and this is something that you know when we started dealing with kickstarters and stuff like that we kept seeing 13 plus and back in the day when we would interview creators we would talk about like so why is this game you know why is it what it is and a lot of them would be like well we're rating it 13 plus because if we have to rate it lower if we try and make it eight up you know six up which is probably what it might be we'd have to call it a toy and then we have to pay to have it it's like this big extra cost safety check kind of like, yep yeah it's kind of like video games where you know if you want to be on the switch you have to go through the esrb which is not a small yeah. cost now admittedly that's kind of baked in it's part of the deal if you want you know if you're making a console game but um you know, board games, they have this way of kind of sidestepping it, and it is not uncommon. That's something that Linda has had to, as our chief board game officer, and, you know, the, you know, you deal with a lot of the Kickstarter pitches. You've had to make right. that call yourself, which is where your skill and knowledge as, you know, child development expert and, you know, especially like reading specialist, you know, just by looking at some of these games – this is probably not for a 13-year-old, probably an 8-year-old could rock right. this game. I like that it works in in a direction, though, that the ESRB can sometimes not work out. So if the ESRB goes sideways, we end up with a game like Final Fantasy VII Remake, yeah. which, which was wrong. a soft M, not a hard T. Yeah. Um, whereas in this case, like this, this is going to protect children no matter what. Yeah. It means things get miscategorized, but that's where folks like us come in, yep. doing the testing right. and doing the actual categorization ourselves and why we have a Linda, that's among true. many other reasons. Among many other reasons. Um, uh, among, And one thing I did not do in this article, now granted, I put this together, I was trying to find a date on this it. This is I from 2018. Say this is 2018. 2018. So... A lot's changed in just my knowledge and kind of how I've approached presenting games. So this article specifically in its current version at this moment is the games are rated on their box eight and up. I didn't include a subcategory of these can be handled by age eight and up, but the, the box says something different. Right. I think that may be something to put in a future version. I we like do have that. a content sprint coming up. We, we do. That's This is going on the list. So... Um, what I thought we would do, all three of us have a copy of this list. So this is all stuff that Linda chose back in 2018. So this is dated. There's some newer stuff. However, a lot of these are new classics that are absolutely worth talking about. So what I thought the three of us would do is just kind of choose through some of these and, you know, talk about them, share our some of our experiences and recommendations, and then we can kind of go from there. I'm going to go first because I'm going to talk about the one that I want to talk about, and then this way neither of you can steal it, and we're going <laughs> to we're going to have what we call a board game draft. Um, and uh, I'm just going to say that I want to talk about Ticket to Ride, and I'm going to do it because I'm going to get it out of the way. Ticket to Ride is the first board game. It is the starting point. It is the right decision. Ticket to Ride is so great. It's a two to five player game with a inoffensive theme. And when I say inoffensive, what I really mean here is like the theme is just it's trains like nobody hates trains. 
right? Train like, my... Um, famously, the general does not like space stuff. She's going to have a really rough May when Mass Effect comes into this house. I was about to say, I'm like, May's going to be tough in your household. May, oh. May, she does not like the space stuff. So immediately, if a game comes in that is like, you know, I, I can't even think of a space, you know, there's plenty of space games. But come into the house she's immediately on the defensive of being like i'll play this because i love you and because it's for work but like ew <laughs> but trains ew like <laughs> ew oh my god ew uh, and she ew. really <laughs> hates she hates space games it's just what it is right like what are you gonna do um she's more of a fantasy gal you know, she doesn't like Star Trek or Star Wars, that stuff, but she loves her, you know, if it was a Dragon Age month, she'd be all in on that, right? So um, so Final Fantasy VII is like a weird thing for her <laughs> because it's got space stuff, basically. So um, Ticket to Ride, being that it's about choo-choo trains, like I have never met someone who legit hates choo-choo trains. And so this is... And it really does set the stage for all sorts of other games. And so for me, um, I think this is the perfect first game. And so I wanted to just lead right out and being like, you know what? If you've listened to our podcast before, you know that I'm going to talk about it. And so I'm just going to knock it out. Ticket to Ride is one of the best games ever. And it, sh- it was the first game in my collection. And I truthfully believe that it should be the first game in just about everybody else's. That's no, it. and if there's a reason that's number one on our essentials list too. This this game ends up on a ton of the lists because of the caliber that it is. It's yep. just it fits so many boxes. It it gives you so many different skills that you learn in this game in a simple way. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Amanda, why don't you go next? Because I know Linda has played all of these because she made <laughs> almost. <them. laughs> you know what's really interesting? I have played the vast majority of the games on this list. Sure. Okay. Well, Believe that's good. it or not. Okay. I sure. actually have. So I'm I am actually good to talk about almost anything on this list. So but I want to talk about Gonuts for Donuts. Nice. Nice. Because Gonuts for Donuts combines two of my most favorite things, card drafting and donuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really hard. Also, side notes, it's very difficult to find like good donuts on the East Coast. It's very strange. I don't like it. It's like the only thing that you guys can't do well. It's like you do bagels very well. Pizza's great, but not donuts. Interesting. I I didn't know that was a deficiency. (laughs) I didn't either. And then I moved here and I'm, I'm missing the West coast donuts. Anyway. So I get my, I get my, my donut fill hat whenever I play donuts for donuts with the kids. So Gonuts for Donuts, as I said, is a card drafting game and it's all about set collections. So you can play it with two players, which is normally what we do because I have children that fight a lot. And by fight, I mean gently bicker with each other, but it is enough (laughs) to make me want to claw my flames coming out of the side of my face, essentially. I'm I'm like, it's Clue up in here. Um... So we usually play with two players, maybe three if we're feeling really rowdy. Then what you got to do is you have to collect the best donuts, right? And the donuts all have different, um, they have different score values based on how many that you have, based on how few you have in some instances. So you have to be very savvy and um, shrewd about what you're collecting and how you're collecting them. And it's all about drafting. So you like pick your donut and then you got to pass things over. You got to pass it to the next player. 
and away you go. So there is, yeah. So the, the other thing that I like about it is that it's like, it teaches kids how to bid and be really smart about bidding. Like, I kind of want this one. I kind of want it. So I'm going to kind of hedge my bets. And then you get the kids that are just like, yeah, throwing all the chips on the table, you know, like traditional poker nonsense, but like not with children because you would play that with like jelly beans. So all the jelly beans are on the table. All the sprinkles are on the table and like the kids just go for it. Let me tell you, that's Vivian. That's how she plays Gonuts for Donuts. She's just like, I want everything. I don't know what your problem is, but I want it all. And we're like, no, it's not how you win. That's the opposite of what you need to do. You got to be careful and selective with it. That yeah, that's a neat. Careful and selective. It is. It is really, really interesting. So you know, depending on the kinds of donuts that you go bid on and that you receive, you can either take an action or you just put it into your into your set. And it is. It's really cool because it teaches kids to, like I said, hedge your bets and be shrewd about what it is, what choices that you're making. It also teaches children about opportunity cost which is excellent. I talk about opportunity cost a lot as, as a business journalist. So, you know, getting business speak into my, into my times as a parent is always good. I'm like, listen, children, I'm going to tell you about opportunity cost. And they're like, mom, why are you businessing again? Nerd. So anyway, cart. Yeah. You already know this. Everyone knows I'm a big nerd. So anyway, game ends and whoever has the most points wins. Simple and easy. Yeah. Simple and easy and also donuts. And donuts. I mean and donuts. True. Who doesn't like donuts? I like everybody donuts. loves donuts. Absolutely. I miss donuts. All right, so Linda, what do you got? Yeah. I got photosynthesis. I know you do. So Ooh, tell me everything about this. Oh my game. goodness. Tell me so everything because this I is... purchased this game for Ugh. my husband for Christmas and we still haven't played it. So tell me. So I have to say, this has only come to the table a couple times, but like I long for the day that the gaming group comes back together so I can play this again. Because unfortunately, nobody in my house wants to play this with me. Um, they're Is all sticking the mud. Yeah. You know, it's just the wrong flavor. I mean, I, I might be able to convince one of them, maybe, but yeah. But um, so it is a two to four player game. So I can convince one person I'll be good. Um, it's only about a 45 minute game. It took us, I think, an hour and 15 the first time to play because nobody had any idea. So that's there is a little bit of a learning curve, um, but it's only eight and up. So it's really just once you figure it out, it makes perfect sense. You go through the rounds. The idea is the sun moves around the board and there literally is a cardboard sun that moves around the board. And it's got little notches so you know exactly where to place it, which I like it nice and neat. Mm-hmm. And you go around and there's different little tree figures. So that's the thing. You have to set up the little trees. You have to assemble them because they are three-dimensional. There's small trees, medium, and large trees. And the idea is you spend light points. So you get light points as the sun moves. And you spend those to grow your trees and eventually to uh, cut down the trees. And you get points. That that's when you get a, more more points. And you're trying to collect the most trees. And each player has a different color tree. So there's four colors. It's beautiful to play. It looks gorgeous on the table. It's got the science theme and it's really fun. So you have the grow phase, um, the photosynthesis phase, and then the life cycle phase, life cycle, excuse me, life cycle phase. It's been a long day. Sorry. You know what? It's the same thing. It's mostly interchangeable because we're talking about photosynthesis. That's true. 
That's true. Um, and what's really cool, and we found that we did this kind of as a whole group, you have to look at where the, the sun is and then look at what tree is casting shadows. So what trees are going to get the light and what are stuck in the shadows? And so we actually would go on each, when we were counting um, the light, looking at which trees were getting light and which were in shadow, we would just kind of go around the board and kind of all agree so that there was no confusion. Mm-hmm. And that worked really well for our group. And the game ends when the sun makes three complete revolutions around the board, and then you count your points based on the scoring tokens, your light points you haven't cashed in yet, and that's it. And it's just a really fun game, um, a pleasure just to have on the table and see. There's actually a moon expansion that has come out that is kind of really? on my wish list. And so it adds some other elements. I haven't played it. I, I just saw it, and I'm like, oh. I want to. I want to look at that. Hold um, on to that one for when I come over to play games. I love this okay. idea. I'm oh, it into looks it. so cool. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it checks all these boxes. The only downside, I think, it's got the science theme, but it's just a matter of it connecting with the right player because it's very specific. It's a beautiful game, but sometimes the kids aren't into gorgeous things. You know, like no, my boys like really not. you know gross stinky things because they're boys. So. So you mean I shouldn't bring Everdell over to play with them? I mean, you can bring it over. They might like that because it's got like woodland creatures in it. It's true. It does have an abundance of woodland creatures. And honestly, they might just try it because it's something cool and you brought it and you're amazing. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> I just need to get that. vaccinated so I come see you all. Man, wouldn't it be nice when it's all when things are all better? So we're getting there. When the Hopefully Fire Nation soon. isn't attacking. When the Fire you Nation mean... goes the heck home. Come it's on. True. Leave us alone. We just want to play. We're done. Here's games. it's just like I, like this is my permanent emotion right now is being Burn Bay. Just oh, I don't like it. You you're just yeah. taking advantage of your uh, subscription to her channel so that you can use those emotes just like crazy. I love Burn Bay. Burn Bay. Burn is really Bay funny. is the best. Um. Anyway, so I do. I appreciate. I I, I do appreciate that. D- the don't use her other emotes though. Um. So. No. No. Those are not appropriate. Those are not appropriate. Um, big chaotic um, energy. Is yeah. Big chaotic energy. No. Is super appropriate. She's got some other ones. Um. Anyway. Uh. So. Um, all right, I'll go next, and we'll do one more each, um, okay. and we will call it a day. I, uh, I well, listen, I'm just gonna go with another one of my favorites because why not? Um, I am going to talk about Sushi Go. Um, nice. Sushi Go is actually on this list twice um, because it's Sushi Go and it. Sushi Go Party is, on, and so ultimately what? it just comes down to Party is just uh, it's in a bigger box and it has more options. Um, but it's not a different game. It just has, you know, some extra bells and whistles. It's also more than twice the price. Like if you're looking for something that's simple, you can throw it in a purse, even put it in your back pocket. If you're a a guy and they let you have pockets, um, I recognize my privilege. Um, Sushi Go is super small, super simple. It is the introduction to card drafting. And that's another one of the reasons I really like this game is that the the art is cute and also inoffensive because who doesn't like cute food, right? Like, it's just funny. You know what it looks like? It looks like sushi if it was a background character in Blue's Clues, you know? Like... (laughs) 
It really is that um, cute. So true. They remind me of salt, pepper, and paprika. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness. I never made that connection before. That's amazing. And this is, you know, for $9 on Amazon, which is, you know, where you can get it. And you can also get it uh, at Target. I, I think it's even at Walmart. Like, this is widely available. Also, it's at Kohl's now, too. It will, in fact, make you want to eat sushi. That is facts, if you like sushi. This is a, they call it a pick-and-pass card game, but, like, whatever, guys, that's drafting. Um, This is, this is the game that I would, I would soon if i were going to a place to teach a bunch of games i would actually play a game of sushi go to teach drafting rather than explain drafting i um, mean and that's because it's and it that would take simple. less time it'll take less time and you get a game out of it it is uh it's it's adorable um i can't say enough about it this is one of those games um and i think the reason you put this on here is that you know is this right around that age where they're going to start kind of understanding that depth of play you know and they're not just exactly so and that's what's so great about this it this can even be played by kids younger because there's not a lot of symbols and you know there's not it's a lot true. of reading in this but Vivi started playing this at like age four, age five, I think. Yeah. She was a pre she was pre-reading. Yeah. Right, because you don't have to read the cards necessarily. You can just pick and pass. You may not pick the best cards if you don't know she memorized what you're gonna do. Them. But that's a, that's the thing. You got those little smarties that will just remember if you tell them. Exactly. Which is amazing. And the games are also fast, which is another reason why I really like this. Oh, yeah. Um right. one of the things we used to do is we used to go to funny story about this one is we used to go to schools and do uh, game right fundraisers and so I would bring some of our members of the staff and we would go and uh, I brought my brother to one and uh, we were trying to figure out what game he was going to do and we settled on Sushi Go because my brother plays Magic a lot and we were like you know what dude you can teach people how to draft cards and he did um, and he literally okay. spent what was it like three hours? Because I think it was was it at your school, Linda, or was it? No, he he didn't come to my. I don't think he came to my school. It was the school he went to. It must have been the, right. I forget which one it was, but the school I he went to. I think it was for. It must have been for your kiddos. Yeah, it was. He spent like four hours, no joke, Jeez. just teaching people how to draft, and he was wow. in his glory. Okay, I bet. Um, and so I'll never have anything but positive memories with Sushi Go and Sushi Go Party is. It's just a bigger box, and what you can do is you can choose right. from a menu what cards go into the stack to draft from. So if there's certain mm-hmm. mechanics you don't like, you can just get rid of them and replace them with something else. That's all. So that's Sushi right. Go. I love this thing. It's under $10 no matter where you go. Excuse me. I mean, no, it's such a good bargain. Yeah. And I think the next thing to put on this is just Sushi uh, sushi Roll, the newest one. Yeah. Because right. yes. that one is so good. Yep. They're all so they're all they Game Rate does such a great job are. with their stuff. They yeah, really do. Absolutely. I think when we go to update this eventually, we need to put Trash Panda on here because yes. Trash Panda is so good. Um uh, yeah, okay. you, you're up next, Amanda. Is it my turn? It is your turn. Okay. Okay, it's my turn. So I'm gonna talk about Azul. Now, this is not a game that I've played with my children, but this is a game that I absolutely adore. It's also a game I play on my phone a lot because there is a digital version of Azul Mm -hmm. that is just like, it makes me so happy, like Mm -hmm. so happy. So here's the deal. Azul is actually an abstract game. Is it Azul that I play? No, it's Sagrada that I play like nonstop on my phone, but I have played like a significant amount of of Azul. Sagrada sounds great on a phone. 
Sagrada is so good on a phone. Like there are no words for how good it is on digital. So Azula is this abstract game, right? Where you are looking to build out these little, these pretty little pieces of art essentially. And it's, it is noteworthy. I love that you have on here that it won the 2018 Spiel de Jar. It is such an important measure of whether or not a game is going to be family friendly or not is winning that Spiel de Jar. Like if you, if you are not familiar with that, my suggestion is you go, you go look it up and it is just like, it's so, it's so interesting. It's, it's great as a foundation to better fill out your board game collection with games that are just exceptional. So what you end up doing is you've got like these factory tiles, right? And you have to like dump a bunch of these tiles on it and you're drafting. This is another thing. This is another drafting game. This is a drafting game that's very, very much so based on color. And it is based on the tiles that you pick and you pull for your specific game. It's an, it's interesting because it, again, much like Marvel Villainous and Villainous in general, it's a very solitary game that can get that can go really, really sideways if it turns out that your opponents are working on, they're working towards similar goals using similar tiles. So the selected, so the selected tiles go into like these pattern lines, right? And you have to make sure that you're not repeating them. And there are all of these different kinds of micro, like there, there are these different things to keep in, keep in mind when you're starting to formulate your strategy and you're starting to draft those tiles out. Like, oh my goodness, I took too many of this tile because you do get punished at the end of the round. If you have too many of, if you have too many tiles that you just simply couldn't place. So I won't I won't go into like all of the different rules in order to play something like Azul, but I want to go into like the way the game the way the game feels to play. It really does feel like you're sitting down and you're painting. You're painting this beautiful abstract painting or this beautiful abstract canvas of any kind. And it really it really feels so good to play this game. It's so relaxing. It is something that I really enjoy doing with my partners because it's like everything's a lot all the time. And it's a really great way for us to connect and, you know, like poke fun at each other and being like, oh, my goodness, how can't believe that you took those tiles. I wanted those tiles, you know, and you know, fake tears ensue things like that you're just like fake tears forever just like you you're in everything Everything. so in order to in order to win the game the game ends uh when one or more players have completed a row um by the scoring round so so yeah azul is gorgeous and relaxing and tactical and another shrewd drafting game i love drafting games Clearly. I didn't know that. I didn't know. <laughs> I thought I loved engine building games. It turns out I love drafting games too. I'll keep that in mind. It's yep. true. We learn so much about our preferences with the games we kind of gravitate to. It's we really true. Do. Absolutely. That's it's awesome. Anyway, I yeah. love Isabel. I just love it. All right, Linda. So good. Bring us All right. home. Close it out. All right. Close so I'm going to do, I'm going to close it out with another Spiel de Jar winner, King Domino. Yes. King Domino is so good. good. I almost oh. chose that one. 
It's such a good one. And this is one, again, it's eight and up, but it does scale down. I was having the kids, I was having Eli play it when he was probably about six. Um, it's one that we've taken up to camp and played with the extended family. It's one that's just, it's very versatile because it's a solid game. It has really great gameplay. It's got more drafting, tile drafting, um, but you're also doing, laying them out and trying to build these areas in your kingdom that are adjacent and all the same kind of land. So you're trying to do that. And the goal is to have the largest continuous terrain to earn more points. Um, and it's it's quick to play, easy to teach. It ages down. I mean, it really is such a great family game. And the theme is very friendly, which is always a bonus. Yep. Um, having these like easy, like basically it's a, it's a theme almost anyone can feel comfortable with because it's just different areas of land. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, you know, kind of, easy to be comfortable with um so it's just one we've pulled it out a ton um i think it's funny the first time it got played in my house was when we had a game night back in the dark ages and the before times and it was another dark ages those were the fun ages they were were the the fun ages well i'm saying the dark ages isn't so long ago oh Um, god yes it was so long ago it's like being in the dark ages yes i get it yes yes my reference was poor sorry um (laughs) <laughs> well, I remember bringing but, it to your house, and I think I taught you brought it to my house. You, I think you did. I, I remember taught you taught like ten people how to play that game. You taught a bunch of people. Day. Yep. And then the first time it got played at our house, um, another time I guess that somebody else took it out of the shrink for us, and they asked permission. They were so sweet. They're like, "It's still in the shrink wrap. Can we play it?" <laughs> yeah, because so, I because okay. I remember I brought it, played it, and you guys you bought it there. Like while we were going, it didn't you buy it on Amazon like right away? Probably. I, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't remember doing that, but it, that sounds about right. Um, we at least talked about it. Yeah, you know, this is just one of those like, it, it's such a great game. It's so good. It I, really is. I try. This is one of those games that I try and give away as gifts all the time. You know, like right. when I'm at grab bags and stuff like that because it's so fun and so easy. Um, so yeah, listen, we we had a pretty good list here, guys. We do have a pretty good list. I definitely see things that are missing from here. I'm, I'm looking forward to revisiting this because so much has come out since 2018. Well, so, so much has come out. And obviously everything's not going on here, but to be able to to, put, yeah, to pick out some of the best things to put on there, is, mm-hmm. I'm just looking forward to that revisit. Yeah. Absolutely. So we did it, guys. We did. That was really fun. Our that was first, really fun. Our first ever and first of many um, yes. Engage Family Gaming podcasts recorded live here on twitch.tv slash Engage Family Gaming. We did it. What is up? Six Pack Nerds in the chat. That is John, the official John. Nice. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, he's so glad he doesn't have to edit this. He's like, wow. <laughs> He's like, I, ain't, I all I got to do is show up. I don't got to do good. stuff. Although he did good. do some editing because he just Facebook messaged me to let me know that all of the buttons in my profile are old and busted. So I got to fix them all. Oh, wow. Whatever, guys. I'm new. But everybody who came, thank you so much for joining us. This is exactly what we were hoping for in our first ever night recording. We're going to be back. So here's the schedule moving forward. I'm here on twitch.tv slash engagefamilygaming at least three nights a week. Monday, it's wow 
Tuesday it's this. We'll be back next week for video game week. So Linda will have the week off unless she's really excited to talk about Story of Seasons. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Um, if you want to record knows? my reactions, I can always come. Yeah, listen, we'll let you know. I think <laughs> we'll, we'll have you on when, we're, when we are uh, reacting to crazy stuff. Um, and Thursdays, as always, is the EFG show with myself and Jeff Walker from the Frozen North where we're going to continue to recap... March Mad SNES, which, by the way, is still going on on the oh Twitter right now. It's been so much fun to watch, too. Oh, right, gosh. Right now, Super Mario World versus NHL 94. How's that for your Canadian self? Are you okay with that? Are you going to be all right? Um, I don't know. I'm going to need a minute to process. You're going to need a minute. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. The good news is the poll is going to be out for 24 hours. So you got plenty of time. Awesome. Nice. I got plenty um, of time to vote plenty of time to vote and we're going to continue it over on our Twitter so everybody thank you very much for watching we you know certainly appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to come join us while we record this live Amanda you are on this Twitch app like every day it's not every day I'm around a lot I'm around a lot. I am I am here Monday, Friday, and Saturday since I am moving Ready Player Mom After Dark. So if you want to connect with really, really cool people and not have my language very sanitized, then um, you should come hang out with us After Dark. But you can find me Wednesday afternoons. I play Civ Six and I do history lessons. So that is called Reckon History. I play that with my very dear friend, Sarah LaBeouf. We, and our stream just turned one. It is, it is always a really, really good time. We have a blast. We talk civ. We talk cultural context. We talk politics. We do not shy away from things. So, you know, politics make you squeamish when and you I'm don't hang sometimes. out with us. Yeah, Steve hangs out. And Six Pack Nerds Gaming hangs out with us sometimes. It's really, really fun. Fridays, we do indie games. We have been really enjoying Little Dragons Cafe. We played some Animal Crossing, even though that's not indie, but it's Animal Crossing and the new update came out. So I'm back to being obsessed with it. Um, so that's Fridays. Fridays, we pick an indie game and we go play it. And sometimes the indie game is weird. And sometimes the indie game is cozy. And sometimes the indie game breaks. So we don't know. We're rolling the dice. And After Dark is usually, at least for now, it's Halo. We're in the midst of finishing up Halo Reach so we can move on to Halo 4 and then 5 to get prepped for Halo Infinite coming at some time in the future. I want to believe that it'll be out this fall, but I also don't know. Just take your time, guys. It'll be okay. 343, yeah. I believe in you. We believe in you. I believe in you. It'll be out <laughs> so, when it's out, damn it, and it'll be fantastic. It'll be out, it'll so that's what I do. All right. So what we're going to do right now we're going to sign off. So everybody, thank you very much for joining us. Linda's freaking Skype window is just having a seizure. It's um, having a bad day. It's having wow. a bad day. We're having going to have to figure out what's going on. So day. I don't um, know. Until next time, everybody, you have yourself a great night. And don't forget to get your family game on. Bye now. Bye. Bye. <laughs>